Hey everyone, Brian Thomas here from the former The Batman vs. James Bond show and the upcoming The Night Cave show. Do you like noir, black and white, gritty murder mysteries? Do you like crime stories or even pulp comics? Then you're going to love Nick Palatichuk's debut graphic novel entitled The Greenway. It's 1968, and Butch Schultz, a black market merchant, finds that his friend has been murdered in a mansion in St. Paul. Now he is out looking for who did it, while the city's best detectives are on the case. Nick's graphic novel is already getting rave reviews, let me tell you. Zero Supervision Comics Podcast says, a dark, intriguing story that makes you want to know more. The Glenn Thinks Stuff Podcast says, it's explosive, captivating, and alluring. And actor Kyle Hester from The Chair, Zombie with a Shotgun, and Preacher Six says, can't wait for this book. You got to get on this. Order your copy today at Indie Planet, A New World of Comics. That's www.indieplanet.com. Hard copies and digital copies are available, and now digital copies are only $5. That's where I said it, just $5. So make sure you order yours today. Okay, we're back on the St. Paul Filmcast, and I have Russell, Russell. Johnson. And before we start, um, I always have the guests dedicate the podcast to whatever is on your mind right now kind of th- it kind of is like a throw it at you you okay, know i didn't yeah. tell you in prep time but i guess the when you say that the first thing that comes to my mind is my mom you okay know, really yeah because yeah. yeah. she was my strength she's no longer um here but she's always with me and um i probably couldn't have made through my life without her nice 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 Russell Johnson. So um, we we're going to be talking about previously, but you 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 have multiple hats, right? Yeah, I, I wear a lot of hats. A lot of hats. I, I sleep well because by the time I get home, I'm tired. <laughs> um, and I'll, I'm going to mention before you started because I'll, I'll plug it on the info. You have your own personal podcast. Yes, uh, I have a podcast, and it's called Deceived Podcast. And it's about just my, the word deceived if they look on iTunes. Yeah. The word. Yes. If, if they looked at deceived and I'll have the yin yang symbol. Okay. Uh, on it. And that's how they know they found the right one. And what's the premise of before people stop this and look for your. <laughs> um, it's it's a true story about my life in a martial arts cult. Okay. Um, and it takes 16 years of my life. And it from beginning student to when I worked with uh, the government on the prosecution that sent 14 people to prison. So you were, I mean, this is true. It's, it's, it's a true story, 100%. You know, true, true stories, story opposite from fiction, you know, fiction, we always question the logic. Why did that person do that? Does that, and true stories were always questioned. That's impossible, right? It's, yeah. Especially my story, yeah. uh, when people hear it, they're going to go, that's impossible. But then I, I, I backed yeah. it up. Like, you're going to hear from, like, Lester Holtz. Um, you're going to hear from famous yeah. media people that it is true. And then um, I have on my website, you're going to find um, documentation, okay. um, lawsuits, uh, newspaper articles. Um, so, uh, yes. So it's relatively an infamous story. It, it is. It, as yeah. far as like martial arts, it's probably the most uh, infamous yeah. martial arts cult that ever existed. How did you get started in martial arts? Though? 
Um, uh, was it kind of the fashion because of the 70s? Well, yeah, it was uh, 70s and 80s. Yeah. And back then, martial arts had a mystical type of uh, background to them. And, yeah. you know, they, we'd watch uh, TV shows like uh, Kung Fu Theater, and you would see all these people that had these supernatural powers. And so then, you know, um, John C. Kim, the uh, uh, founder of the uh, style, yep. which was called Chumaquan, claimed to have all these powers. And he got a lot of uh, ignorant people uh, to believe it. And this was uh, before the Internet. There was no way to, to check out what he was saying. Yeah. Uh, do you still do martial arts? Uh, off and on. You know, okay. um, you know, I have a lot more interest in acting and film. And, you know, I'll take classes, uh, yeah. um, stunt classes and uh, things like that. And then uh, attend seminars. And I'm connected with a lot of the martial arts community. Um, so it's off and on. It's it's not my main priority or interest anymore. And then outside of your personal podcast, you've been on a previous one we want to mention before you came here. Oh, I, I've been on several uh, yeah. because uh, I get interviewed off and on. And I was uh, just last week on Profession Confession podcast. Yeah, we're talking about this. Yeah, yeah it? it's a really interesting podcast because <laughs> they, they interview like uh, people that you wouldn't normally come in contact um, you know, like hookers and uh, people that uh, for right away to make money, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah they, they they tell these stories that you just wouldn't normally hear, and then I I guess I fall into that. <laughs> <laughs> What's that say about me? But, yeah. Um, and then you uh, you've done um, well because we're we're going to get involved in your in your interest in Twin Cities Film Festival eventually, but you've done acting as well. Yes, um, my acting. Uh, well, when I was younger and I. Uh, uh, became like an activist speaking out against this martial arts cult. Yeah. Um, I was in radio and TV. I was on court, t court TV. And so I kind of got a taste of it then. And then uh, when I was living in Colorado, I helped a friend of mine make some uh, uh, self-defense uh, videos uh, for women. Her name is Kim Rock. and Like she, VHS tapes? Uh, no, they're, they're online. So they're online? Yeah, okay. Yeah, right. uh, a friend of mine, uh, Kim right. Rock, she has a... Uh, program called fight like a girl and she teaches women across the country how to defend themselves and so i was like her attacker in a parking lot and a <laughs> shopping mall and so that was kind of fun and then um she yeah. she introduced me to barry caldwell who was a script supervisor in hollywood he's had a 20-year uh, career there and yeah he's worked on hundreds of programs uh, he worked on key and uh, key and peel uh, really the comedy series and nice. so he gave me a lot of advice and you know my desire has been to tell my true life story and you know he he made me understand how difficult that actually is for a story like mine to go to film and so i knew that okay i need to become part of the film community to give my really? story a better chance the ultimate goal for you is to get this out there in, in a film yes yeah. yeah yeah um and i i think it's my life is kind of like a uh Quentin Tarantino movie, but uh, <laughs> for real. <laughs> <laughs> so, were you comfortable before the whole case and stuff, um, and being a martial artist? Were you already comfortable speaking? You know, I, I wasn't because uh, I grew up with epilepsy. Really, and um, the medications, uh, like you know, when you had to read out in front of class. Yeah, yeah. I imagine doing that, but you're on. Barbital and dilantin and, and then you're like you can hardly see the words let alone read them 
And is that like a side effect from it? it, it, it it's a, yeah, from okay. the medication and everything. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was kind of horrifying for me. And still, even sometimes during table reads, you know, I get a little bit nervous. Um, but my acting teacher, you know, Ellie Abrams, she talked about how people who've had lives like mine, um, that there was adversity and stuff, um, a lot of times are better actors. And I, and I have found that, like, I'll, I'll be in a film and I can actually pull any emotion out. And um, I, I, because I've been in some of the situations that the films demand yeah. of me and, you know, I, I've cried on set and I'm like, wow, I didn't know I could do that. Yeah. And so it was pretty cool to, to learn that. Do you like rehearsing? Yes, I, I, I like rehearsing. I, I'd, I'd much rather be uh, rehearsed going in because right, yeah, I, 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 I still have this anxiety from that time uh, when I had epilepsy. And then it's always amazing when you act and then they're like, wow, I love that. And you're like, and like, really? And it's a, it's a good feeling, but at the same time, you just like, you don't always, yeah, yeah. you don't always know what the director uh, is seeing and how it's coming out. And, you know, so, um, but you know, this year I've had, or I should say 2018, I, I was in a film about just about every month. I was a cop. I was a hit man. Um, a lot of different roles. Um, I get the role of being angry quite a bit because I can like go from nice to <laughs> pissed off in a, f- a millisecond. Well, <laughs> 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 uh, it, it's does it did you feel comfortable doing the the roles or do you want something a little bit different than? Oh, I, I, I yeah, yeah, I I, I want to keep growing as an actor. Sure, and yeah. I'll keep taking. You know, we have you know Bill Cooper, Ellie Abrams. We have some good acting teachers here in Minnesota. Yes. Yeah. And I continue, plan to continue that. And it's one of those things that uh, I feel that you can always grow at. And, and um, it's always nice when you leave like a role like that you weren't sure that you could do. And then you've done it. You know? yeah. and, and that's the, that feeling of accomplishment is, uh, is worth a lot. To, to grow as an actor, um, uh, I think it's, it's an awesome thing. I, I, I think it's something that you can do your whole life. And now that I'm older, I'm, I'm 54 years old, and I'm like, okay, my wrinkles are character, you know? <laughs> Somewhat, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and Is I, it, yeah. Have you found some roles to kind of stay with you a little bit? Um, you know, there there's some that um, um, I was working on the uh, film Twin Cities, and um, there was an actress, Bethany, and she taught yeah. we're in an AA group. And um, that, the full feature film called Twin Cities about the correct. married couple. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Wonderful and, movie. Yeah. And, you know, that was the time I was t- that I cried. And she told a story uh, so well about uh, her three year old son who uh, died in a Minnesota lake and she only turned her back for a few. But she acted it out so well that I could feel those emotions. Yeah. And I actually started to cry. And, and you, it didn't get put in the film, but. You know, for me, that was like, wow, there's something here, and, yeah. and I want to, I want to investigate this more. I want to, you know, I, I want to see what I can bring out. I've had all these traumatic experiences in my life, and how can I use them as an actor? Uh, when you outside of acting, do you do want to do anything behind the camera, like write? Um, you know, I, I have uh, produced a, a 48-hour film fest. Okay. And, and I've, I have produced uh, another short sci-fi film. So I, um, I worked uh, with a, a writer, uh, Russ Meyer, um, and he's in New Prague. And um, 
I like to continue working with him. Not the uh, there's two Russ Myers in film and <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not the uh, the one who's known for his uh, more adult work. <laughs> I gotcha. <Yeah. laughs> so you've done behind work also. Yeah, I, you yeah. know, I really have gotten a chance. Um, I I started uh, coming in as a PA. Uh, so I was a PA for uh, Jason Schumacher, Adam Zuki. If people and didn't know that as production assistant. Yeah, yeah, production assistant. And so I really got to know um, film from uh, the bottom level up. Yeah. And, you know, the uh, production assistant is sometimes the lowest person on the totem pole and the most important person on that totem pole on the film set right yeah. that's when we had uh brianna on here that's what she's described yep. it you know you're the most important but sometimes someone else you got to do the dirty stuff too exactly. right exactly yeah exactly. Yep. yeah and i think that's a good way to get started especially behind a camera is be a production assistant because you will you're kind of you involved with everybody right yeah and, and you're not just behind a door you're you're getting in you're interacting with all different professions and, and, and i got lucky in many ways that i actually um Right away, I got involved with some of the best filmmakers, I think, in Minnesota and, and became friends with them. And, um, you know, to have that opportunity. Um, and I think a lot of it is just by showing up. You know, there, there, uh, there's a lot of people who go to school uh, to learn what I know. But, you know, this is a community and you got to be involved. You right. Got, you yeah. got to get to know people and you're not going to get film work by sitting at home. You know, you, you, there's yeah. literally something that happens in film every day here in Minnesota. Nice, nice. Can you watch yourself on uh, film? I don't like to, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 and I heard Robert Redford doesn't like like it either. And yeah. I, I'm just not comfortable with that yet, and uh, I, I kind of like the idea, okay, I've done that, and, you know. Yeah. Um, well, it, when it, I'm podcasting, it took, I think, and I've been podcasting for nine years, it took me six months to get comfortable with my voice. You know, yeah. oddly enough, that that ha you know, podcasting I've been okay with uh, with your own voice. Yeah, yeah. yeah my podcast, so Charles Hubble, who's a wonderful actor, um, he um, he narrated my my series for me. Which did you yeah, write out the narration? I, I did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, what I did is I took a book that I written. I haven't published it yet. That's another long term goal, but because um, I don't think my story is completely written yet. But then we uh, we changed it to second person and uh charles wrote it and he just did a wonderful job yeah, yeah. um so outside of the old acting what um you work with twin cities film festival so um what is the and i heard that you have many hats when you work at twin cities yes film uh, festival. <laughs> you, you do have many hats when you work at twin cities film fest right. and um twin cities film fest has really um brought nothing but joy to my life it's a wonderful organization to work with. Um, I live in uh, the Hopkins St. Louis Park area. And when I moved back to the Twin Cities from Colorado in 2013, yeah. okay. um, I attended the, my first uh, Twin Cities Film Fest. And I went for um, 10 nights and I, you know, idea was uh, someone's gonna hear my story and wanna make my film right away. And so I talked to people for 10 nights. And then I spent the rest of the year volunteering for every event that Twin Cities Film Fest had. And then um, a year later, uh, actually it was less than a year later, Bill Cooper asked me to be on their staff uh, for the social media team. So um, I was a volunteer on the social media. I um, uh, 
tweeted and s- Facebook posts and my kind of area is actually getting to m- know people to mingle with people to um, I'm very good at taking connections and introducing one person to another okay um, yeah. so then the following year I was uh, staff for social media coordinator and the last couple of years I've been on the development team and I work with Danny Palmer and Jayton Satia and I uh, help to bring programming in and sponsors. And this year, uh, I was lucky enough to bring in the Cambria um, uh, uh, commercial, which was an awesome 40-minute commercial right. for Cambria co- uh, countertops. Well, um, it's a 40-minute commercial. Commercial, that's correct. Right. That has that doesn't show any countertops at all. <laughs> but, you know, I uh, it was it's very virtually uh, uh, visually stimulating. Yeah, okay. And the music and it's uh, narrated by Colin Farrell. It, it's like a 7 million dollar 40 minute commercial. This is amazing. Uh, it, it really it really is amazing. You know, I would like to see if uh um I can get them um to uh, uh, let me show it on Channel Six. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yes, go, and the, the the new thing for you is this: um, what's going on with the local station here in the Twin Cities, yes. Channel Six, that you can get on cable, right? That, that that's correct. It's on cable. If you have uh, if you have cable, you have Channel Six. Okay. Channel Six covers the seven county metro area. All right. Um, and what's different than your local access? Uh, station is that um, it, it goes to the seven counties. It, uh, it reaches uh, seven, one point seven million uh, cable subscribers, and, and that's the largest audience. Uh, but it's pretty much starting from the ground up again. And what we want to do at Channel Six is we want to turn it into a Minnesota-made channel. And so I am producing the Minnesota-made film. Uh, program and I'm going out and I'm talking to the uh, people that I met uh, during the years at Twin Cities Film Fest and all the other functions that I uh, regularly attend. Okay. And um, the the local cable channels get their funding from Comcast and ours is done by sponsorship. And so we don't have the same rating restrictions as uh, local cable. We're more closer to the networks. Okay. As yeah. far as what we can show, and um, so it's given us an opportunity to um, take these films of my friends and all these other talented people in Minnesota and show them on, on Channel Six. Like even the, my previous guests that have been on in like full feature films, short films, and stuff. Yes, uh, and, and so I'm interested in uh, content, and so um, if there's someone listening out there that has something that they want to present to me um i would like to see it and what we want a diverse um content uh, we okay. want all of our communities represented uh represented <laughs> yeah me. yeah and um and so one thing is that as being an actor and a filmmaker um some of the most talented people that i know work for free and one of the goals of channel six is that we could actually start developing income from sponsorship that we could actually pay for that content you know we would yeah. like to be kind of like a netflix of minnesota that'd be nice eventually that's you're starting but um if somebody is interested and has a movie that they want to interested how would they be able to they, they, contact you or the station to 
Um, I don't have my station email yet uh, because right. the the rebranding only started a couple of weeks ago. But they could email me personally. Email yes, you. Okay. Uh, and my email address is rustydj64 at gmail dot com. We'll definitely put that in the info. If okay. If you have a movie and you're from local from the Twin Cities and definitely yeah, and, and, and you know we're open to you know whether it's. Uh, LGBT, um, the Black Film Festival, the Jewish Film Festival. Um, we want veterans. Uh, we want to represent our veterans too. Yeah. Um, and you know that's a big thing for us. And I've been kind of hoping I could find a veteran-related Valentine's Day. So right now I'm working on a Valentine's Day. It sounds like you're in prep, Dad. You're talking about this Valentine's yeah, Day. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'm excited about Valentine's Day because <laughs> there's some films that I worked on and um, that, that fits the theme. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. And, and the Valentine's right now, I, I have sci-fi romance. I have drama romance. I got comedy romance. I got <laughs> silent film. I got vampire romance. And you know, uh, and I, I think it's you know, um, I got about three hours of content that I can show. So right now. Okay. Um, they're going to be all short films, but it's really a, a good representation of a lot of the film that is coming from Minnesota. And, uh, you know, it's really cool that I can go to my friends and say, hey, I like this film that you made and I'd like to show it. <laughs> so are you the main goal is like a 24 hour film channel, not a 24 hour film channel, because we want to be like the incubator of um, commercial uh, of uh production for minnesota so like okay. it, it, there's going to be a, a music show uh there's going to maybe a game show we want to like uh have someone present something to us and see if it's something that will work yeah and the main thing is that in order to produce this uh we do need sponsors and we need people to um pay for ads and you know we're, yeah. we're right now we're getting restaurants and uh, but I'd like to also, I'd like to see the companies that make money from films being made in Minnesota sponsor us. You know, if, if they're an editor, if they're a rental uh, place that they have an interest of seeing Minnesota films succeed, you know, I, I'd like to do business with them. So if, if you have a business out there that's interested in sponsoring, they should just kind of contact you the same, the, the email also? Yes, and I am looking okay. for a sponsor for Valentine's Day. I'm going to put it on air whether or not uh, uh i have it but if there's like a domino's or a pizza place that wants to do a valentine's special with uh, mcn6 i'd love to have something like that um and the other thing big thing that is a really big thing happening in um, minnesota tv this year is that the uh, international um television festival is moving to duluth and that's going to really? bring a hundred thousand um people to duluth for that festival and um they need backup I, to, to bring a they're moving from vermont to duluth and to bring a festival of that size to minnesota they need um they they they, they need the people uh to support right. that yeah you know, they, so they what need is the production it? people they need yeah. uh editors they they need office space there's a lot of stuff that you know that what they want to do is they want to take Duluth and make it into the Sundance of TV that we're going to become the distribution hub of television programming in Minnesota. And for me, I'm like, I, you know, this opportunity that I have working at TV six is just a wonderful time. Um, there is a town hall meeting on Tuesday uh, at Cinequip at five thirty. Yes. I heard about this. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, and you know, that's being hosted by the Minnesota uh, film and TV board. 
So, you know, I think that this is uh, the opportunity that's happening in television in Minnesota right now is just fantastic. And um, I'm happy to be a part of it. I think it's an untapped resource. I mean, we can see what George, the state of George is doing. And I think Minnesota has an opportunity to be of that caliber of TV and film and all that. Without so, a doubt. We yeah. have a lot of talented people and they're passionate about uh, what they're doing. And, you know, I, most of uh, the people that I work with, the thing you ask each other is, what's your day job? <laughs> you know, right, yeah. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, and that's one of those things, like, sometimes if you ever hear someone talk about, oh, actors are rich and all this stuff, and I'm like, you know, you don't know what you're talking Not about. necessarily, you know? right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, that's a small percentage at the top, and even those ones had to work to get there. I know a lot of people, my guests, they come in there, they have their costumes already in their car. <laughs> Oh, I, yeah, I, yeah. I keep a wardrobe in my car. You yeah, do yeah, too, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, any anyone who yeah. acts should have a, a change of clothes and uh, be able to like, oh, okay, I can be there. And you know, I, I you know, I'm a little shorter guy, but so I keep some uh, elevator shoes that keep me. Like, oh, my, sure, right? My, yeah. my Tom Cruise shoes. I go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna take a little break. And uh, we got more to talk about with uh, Russell. It's time. Let's check our cue, baby. Pair it with a couple brews, baby. We love your movies. We love the bad ones, too. So we watch them all and pass their lessons on to you. Oh, yeah. Ban out, ban out, ban out, ban out. Everything I learned from movies helps to make life a little bit groovy. With a one-last plot, holes are from the galactic depths of the comic book universe comes the ghosts of the stratosphere, ready to galvanize and energize your mind with the latest of comic book news and reviews. And why, why are you stopping me? Yes, that's much better. Hi, this is Andy Larson for Ghosts of the Stratosphere. Join me every week along with my co-hosts Rob Stewart and Chad Smith as well as a cavalcade of fantastic comic book guests as we dish out heaping helpings of the greatest and latest of comic book news and reviews. New shows posted every Tuesday with bonus shows every first Friday of the month. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher under Ghosts of the Stratosphere as well as on our website www.gotstratosphere.com Hope to see you soon, folks. All right, we're back, back with Russell and Oh, at Colorado, did you do, you did do skiing when you were at Colorado? I was a snowboarder. Snowboarder. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I, you're more comfortable snowboarding than skiing. Yeah, uh, because the thing when you ski is you have, there's more things. you got to be like the oldest guy snowboarding. Oh, uh, no. Well, when I was snowboarding, there was like this big like controversy. The skiers hated the snowboarders. Right. And, you know, and for me, though, it's like uh, 
when you wipe out on skis, you got two poles, you got two skis. Yeah. But when yeah. You, once you learn how to snowboard, if you wipe out, you just roll out of it and you keep going. You know, um, I, I, you know, I never did tricks or anything like that. So you still got your snowboard? Yes. Yep. Did you try this? Do you have it gone this winter? I, I have. You know, it's a little hard for me to go in Minnesota because I was in the ski club in high school, but um, Minnesota skiing is just like uh, it's freezing. It's, it's not like Colorado. It's freezing and. Yeah, it's it's not the same, and yeah, I guess I got spoiled out in Vail. <laughs> <laughs> is there any other stuff you do in the winter other than is there like another winter? Because you have to find something when you live in Minnesota. Not you to you know, film is really my passion. I mean, like yeah. um, this, I have literally a meeting every day this coming week coming up, and you know, so, and sometimes I get into that mode where I'm like. Uh, people see me everywhere and I'll hear about, oh, you're everywhere. But then I have those times that I recoil and I recharge my battery. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's the only way I can survive it. But yeah, I keep pretty, pretty much. That's a, yeah, really, the, you, know, you know, today, um, uh, Stuart Devane, um, who is the new manager, uh, channel six, he had a, uh, once a month he has a pancake breakfast and they had music. So I uh, went and did, uh, went to that this morning and that was pretty cool. I'm like, oh, this is, you know, there was an eclectic group of people which I'm more comfortable with. And, and so it was an awesome uh, way to start my week to go to this pancake breakfast. So yeah, uh, film, film and TV and they, they bring your, you into places you never thought that you would be. I was working on a uh, martial arts film um, a couple months ago, I was a police detective, and we were in this toilet paper warehouse. And everywhere I looked, there's like toilet paper. And I'm like, <laughs> how did I end up here? You know. <laughs> and then the, uh, where? Don't tell uh, anybody where that is because <laughs> when the zombie apocalypse happens, that's where you're gonna go. Go the toilet paper. <laughs> well, yeah, there was yeah. a funny part. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm this uh, police detective, and yeah. I'm yelling uh, at the top of my lungs and cussing, swearing, saying the f word. And um, the people who own the warehouse, there, their three-year-old child was there, and he ran through the set in his pajamas holding a teddy bear while we're filming. And it was like, it's got to be like on bloopers or something because it was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> you, I mean, when you were filming, there's somebody that takes your phone away, right? There's, I mean, I mean especially well, with, like, when you're working. We're told uh, mo most sets, they just tell you to – um, uh, either silence or shut off your phone because right. that, that is really irritating for everybody. Or, um, you know, if your phone goes off and you know, oh, yeah, it's it like going to the movie theater, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, because you know, for an actor, sometimes to uh, put themselves in that mind frame and they're in that zone, and all of a sudden the phone goes off, uh, yeah, 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 it's yeah. not a good thing. <laughs> so, what was your first movie that you really did like? What was one when you were a kid that, that I really liked? Yeah. You know, um, I, I remember a lot of like when I was uh, um, growing up, the horror films, you know, like the, the uh, early 70s. The, yeah, the early 70s. But I, yeah. I used to watch a TV show called Horror Incorporated, you know, and they had the old Frankenstein and uh, the right, mummy. Yeah. And I love those movies, you know, and the we, Hammer films. Uh, yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. And then. Got in the TV shows later on, you know, like I um, again martial arts. I became a a big fan of uh, kung fu, uh, the TV series with David Carradine, and that had a, a kind of an impact on my life because my first martial arts instructor in the cult was 
a part of uh, the sh- production of it. He he, he yeah. trained by the same person who ah. uh, who taught David Carradine, and right. he was his head student. And uh, not that, and that was a uh, martial artist by the name of Cam Ewan. Um, and then he left Cam Ewan to train under John C. Kim, and that's when his life went. That was a big deal. That show was a big deal. It was a it's real hard big to explain deal. to people, but. It catapulted. I mean, Bruce Lee was. I mean, martial arts was a big deal. Yeah, it was. And Bru- Bruce Lee, the Enter the Dragon films, and yeah. um, you know there was uh, later on the Chuck Norris films, and there was a film, um, Good Guys Wear Black, and uh, I remember, yeah, and then there was a, a martial artist named S- Superfoot Bill Wallace, and he was a martial arts champion, and then I would meet him years later, and I'd, I'd uh, take a class from him and. Him and I went out to a bar one night when he was visiting Minnesota. Okay. And and then he's like, uh, I took him to a nice bar and he goes, oh, don't. I don't want to go to this type of bar. I want to go to like a biker bar. So we went down to like BJ's and, and I'm like, a biker know, bar in Minneapolis. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So like we go to the North side and, and you know, and he really, he didn't drink, but I think he was just, he was like comfortable in that atmosphere. And, um, and I'm like, I can't believe I'm in these, these bars. It's uh, kind of, like, yeah. Yeah. With, with this dark and yeah, yeah. yeah. But I was with Superfoot Bill Wallace and, you know, he was uh, a hero of martial arts films and he was on every black belt magazine. And, you know, here I am. I'm like, uh, all right, who's going to start a fight with us? <laughs> <laughs> you know, many times, I mean, we were kids. We did all that slow motion stuff in the living room. Exactly, whole, exactly. Yeah. You did yep. all that, you know, uh, you know just six million dollar man. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you comic the ads were just saturated there and learn. They're in karate. Like oh, yeah, the, the deaf touch. Uh, I can't remember. There was a, a, another yeah. guy from Chicago, um, and um, he always in the back of the combo books. You probably have one somewhere where uh, he's talking about uh, Dim Mock, the deaf touch. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. he was a hairdresser. And, yeah, he was, like, really one of the kind of the – the cult leaders in Minnesota and the, I mean, in Chicago in the seventies. Uh, right. Yeah. Because, yeah. Well, the, the late seventies, I mean, the predominantly seventies, like the superheroes, daredevil and Batman has yep. all they did was martial arts stuff. It's kind of gone away. I mean, obviously they do have some kind of incorporated, but it was so heavily dominated. It, it was. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and I bet you somewhere in your older magazines, especially if they're in the seventies, yeah, you probably have ads from, uh, you know, learning those secret martial arts movements. <laughs> That's the type of people they targeted. Yeah. Yeah. Did you like uh, Kill Bill? I, I did. Um, and, um, you know, one of the parts, uh, like the animation part, where uh, yeah. Lucy Liu, she kills uh, her captor, uh, the, the mob boss. Yeah. Um, there's a part with my own life where I want to, um, I've actually connected with the, the same Japanese uh, artists who did that and were friends on Facebook. Uh, I don't want to say his name because I'll just butcher it. Um, but I- anyways, I talked to him about actually taking part of my story um, because like the night I met the martial arts master, uh, we were yeah. sitting in this room, there was about 30 of us, and he starts telling, well, first he's like hypnotizing us, right? Yeah. So we're put, he's putting us all in like a trance and he starts telling the story about living in the mountain in Korea with tigers. And you know, so it was this like really Korean kind of messed up uh, uh, martial arts story. And we're all like hallucinating. And, and so I, what I want to do is when I make my film is I want to go from us being hypnotized to 
an animation of that and uh, and all that yeah. was done in uh he hand drew uh those uh illustrations in kill bill and and uh, just you know computers do a lot but tarantino to me yeah uh, not to the japanese artist oh he that, did oh okay. yeah uh, okay. that he had to do that um and so i just you know you lose a little bit when you're using the computer and to have that hand animation was just awesome and so i'd like to you know be able to do something like that and um yeah i i i thought that uh kill bill was a, a good film and just the way the story's told and well of course david yeah. carradine's going to be in it yeah. exactly yeah <laughs> and, and you know my my you know um my life like i i'm like okay what kind of film would it be well it'd be a dark comedy um uh animation and musical because i have some part some some of the stuff that happened was like really tragic people that died but then there's other parts that were just so funny that you'd have to tell the you story have, right. yeah 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 so are you writing it as right now or i i have been writing it for a while um and i have talked to a couple other people I, yeah. you know i'll base it off my book but the thing is is it's such a um, pandora's box of a story there there was um uh, students across the United States, and there's literally, uh, you know, thousands of victims that have different stories, and to take a story like that and combine it into a few characters and base it on a real thing, and you know, um, it, I, it's not an easy thing to do because you want right, to be representative, right. but uh, and you have the idea of what you want to, how it looks. It's, it, exactly yeah. there, yeah. and there was things that were just like, you know, there was one story where. Um, the master said that he drank pine salt for two weeks and then he got a stomachache. And the whole idea was, well, I, I couldn't read English. So I thought it was a soft drink, but I'm so strong internally that it didn't affect yeah. me. And, you know, then um, the other thing was like, uh, they tried to emulate the martial arts master. So if he got a perm, Americans got a perm. If he grew a mustache, they grew a mustache. Okay. And so I, I have this image of the greatest martial arts master who ever lived in a uh, beauty shop in curlers, right? And, and, and then um, they also believed like he could turn into any animal or any person that he had this ability to shapeshift, right? But he had to get a perm. perm right, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm like, okay, so imagine him turning into a tiger, but the tiger's got a perm. Right. Know? Yeah. These, uh, the yeah. hair, the hair can't transform. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I got this idea of a musical <laughs> number where um, he's in a, a, a beauty salon. He's bummed out because he can't perm his own hair. <laughs> so he starts singing, and then all these guys come out of all these other um, uh, chairs. Uh, that look just like him because all the instructors are getting their hair perm and that dance number comes up. <laughs> <laughs> so a little deep, but <laughs> well, last year, um, in, uh, 2018, we had quite a few movies that feature cults. We had the movie Mandy with Nicolas Cage and then what's on Netflix. And now it was called endless. And that was, I haven't s- seen those yet. Yeah. Um, Mandy, um, we critique Mandy. It was on my top 10. Um, very psychedelic, very, it's almost like a tattoo par came out of life, but, um, it's all it's very cultish and then the on netflix the movie endless endless yes where they the two guys who left a cult but they were enticed to come back and there's very surreal components to it very, I, I'll, very, I'll check those out you know yeah. um that was a really different type of life um after i i left um um the martial arts school i got right. involved with a group uh, called the cult awareness network and they were an education group 
And so, it, how'd you find that on um, your own? I actually library. I, I got okay. a, um, I got a book uh, called Combating Cult Mind Control by Steve Hassan. And there was a resource that was in there. Nice, and nice. Okay. So then I started getting in all involved with all these people that had lost loved ones. Um, the president of the Cult Awareness Network, Patricia Ryan, her father was the congressman who was killed by uh, Jim Jones in Jonestown. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the visitor. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And then there was this war between Scientology and the Cult Awareness Network. And so Scientology was suing uh, the cult awareness. That's uh, their favorite. Constant. That's their favorite move of all time. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. so what happened was they bankrupt the cult awareness network. And then after the cult awareness network went bankrupt, Scientology brought all their assets, including their name. So if you were to call the cult awareness network today, you'd actually be you get Scientology. You'd get yeah. Scientology. And, and so it was a very, you know, um, meeting all these people that had um, these destructive uh, experiences and, um, uh, religion and all the different commercial cults. Uh, it, it, it was uh, quite a mind-opening experience. Yeah. yeah. When did when you finally? Well, what was it like the final moment? Like I'm really I'm done with it. Um. Because it takes. I mean, you know, you leave physically leave. There's some ways it still stays with you, right? Yeah. The, uh, well, there. I was injured and I almost died, and I it still didn't make me leave. It was a long story, so sure. I'll, I'll do the brief part. But for the next year and a half after I was injured, I had a lot of time. I had a big seed of doubt growing. Okay. And then when, um, I guess I didn't even know myself that I was on the way out, but I was. And Right. They always talk about how you, you before you really consciously know it, you're already, yeah. Exactly. And so the, the school, I always had to tell them every place I was. You know, so I was at work. And I had to call the school, and um, I had to uh, ask them if it was okay for me to leave work and to go into the school and get permission to do so. And at, at, at that um, time, I heard myself for the first time as I was ho holding, or as I was putting down that phone, and I'm like, F it, I quit. And I said that out loud, I said it to myself, and I was done. <laughs> Uh, but but then what happened afterwards? They knew where I worked. Um, right, because my they, whole life right. was tied in there. So I ended up hiding in my apartment for six weeks uh, with the lights off, and um, it was it was it was horrifying. I was going through this mental breakdown. I was um, I was hiding uh, wrapped up in a blanket uh, on my bed that night. Where, uh, they were come looking for me because they wanted me to come back, and they were knocking on my windows and shouting out my name. And I was hiding in the dark and. Um, the book that I wrote, um, it's uh, Deceived, A Journey in the Darkness. And yeah. what it is about is what put me on that floor hiding in the darkness that night. And that's that's why I call it The Journey into Darkness, because uh, it's actually what happened. So uh, with all the... Um in the cult, were you able to watch movies, or that was some, what's that? When when you were in the cult, were you able oh, to yeah, watch yeah, other? I yeah, mean, but because some it, of them kind of shut it's down. More, more if you have time to. Right, we, we kept yeah. pretty busy. I mean, I worked four jobs. I, I, I taught at the school. I went from one place to another, so it was uh, there yeah, wasn't time. like you had a lot of time. Sleep deprivation was a big thing. Yeah. Um, you know, the less sleep that we had, the more they could program us. You're right, sure. That's always a key is the, the sleeping thing. Exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So when's the last time you read a comic book? 
It's been a long time. <laughs> yeah, 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 truthfully, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, yeah, so if you have one I can take with all. Well, uh, I don't know. It, it, you know, they're all glossy now. There's no, you remember the, when we were kids, it's yeah. all, it was newsprint. That's all gone. It's all glossy pages. Do you miss uh, the old? I do. I do. All the mistakes and errors and the colorings missed and all that stuff and how you could tell it was really penciled. And now it's all, they pencil it and then they submit it. And the computer, they all do the background on computer and everything. So what, what's your favorite genre of uh, comic book then? Uh, yeah, because everybody says comic books immediately go to superheroes, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's a, it's, you can do any any story. Yeah, and I, I see several. Yeah, you can yeah. do any story. Um, I don't have a particular genre. I just love the format. I mean, you could give me a – I have romance comic books from the 50s, which, you know, um, I have sci-fis and – Predominantly, the, the the saturated with superheroes, so obviously you buy superheroes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but there is all kinds of. Uh, there's all kinds. Uh, have Have you seen uh, the show um, on Netflix, Black Mirror? Yeah, yeah. I, Not I, every episode. But well, I was yeah. watching one last night, and for the first time, it told me to take my remote and choose. The direction of film. Yes, no. Yeah, it was a choose-your-own-adventure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, wow, I've never seen this before. You know, that was pretty, uh, you know, it felt cool and uh, kind of invasive at the same time. Because <laughs> <laughs> it knows what you're remote. Yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Black so, Mirror is kind of like Twilight Zone almost. Yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. And so, yeah. Um, I, but I found that one, like, really interesting. It was like, wow, this is, you know, how many, and I'm like, okay, as a filmmaker, how many different, um, scenes that they have to film, uh, right? Yeah, that way. Yeah. You know? Well, you remember when the movie Clue came out in '85? Yeah, yeah. And depending on where you went to see it, was how it it ended different ways. So, and the, and when you rented it, they put all three endings. Ah, okay. But every scenario was different. Different. So when you went to see it as something such, it was the ending where Miss Peacock did it all. Well, you went to another theater. It was the different aspect where the butler did it. So I, I and so he went, you, when he, yeah, when yeah. he came in, he like argued. No, it was this. No, it was this. <laughs> and then at the and when you rented it, it presented all of them. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like sci-fi. Was probably one of them. I like time travel type stuff. And, were you yeah. were you still a kid when this, when they had those experience theaters? Like you went to see the movie Earthquake, and your seat actually quaked and moved when you went. Yeah. You you know yeah. I, I I I went to someplace that I saw that but I also when I was in Colorado um, I had my own audio video company so I um, I installed theaters for people and so I'd go to the consumer electronics shows and you know some of the uh, technology that they have is just you know to go yeah. into these immersive theaters is pretty cool when's the last time you went to the movie theater um let's see I went uh, the uh, Golden Globes night last uh, Twin Cities Film Fest yeah. had um, a Golden Globes party. And uh, so they had it at um, Willow Creek Theater. Uh, imagine Willow Creek. Yeah, it's big. And, yeah. yeah. And the, oh, they, they redid that place and the seats are like reclining leather seats. And so we had a real nice party there. We do stuff like that. We'll, we'll like we'll have an Oscar night coming up. And last year it was a pajama party, Oscar party. And <laughs> you don't like, want to see me in my pajamas, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I go to the films. I'll, it's one of my escapes, and it's always has been since I was a kid. Do you, do you like documentaries? Do you watch those too? Not not as much because I you know I, I do watch them, 
Right. Um, but, but if you had an option, yeah, you'd rather it, go with a sci-fi. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, and I do like the Marvel, and you know, it's sad that Stan Lee died, but what a great legacy that he left us. You know. Right. Well, I I think people would know um, in the '50s Stan Lee was working. I can't remember the name of Marvel's company, but he was in the '50s. He was there was all it was just doing. They were doing monsters, monsters of the week, right? Okay. And he would, whatever monster name came up, or Karul, or whatever, and one of them was Groot. And it was a giant tree. And you, if you can I find it from the one. 50s, yeah. the 50s, when he was doing the monster stuff, um, that's why when he was going to be like, they're going to get rid of me, and his wife said, well, why don't you make this comic book you always wanted to? And somebody mentioned, well, the biggest seller is Justice League. Kids aren't dumb. You want to come a book for this amount, you just get Batman, or for the same price, you get all of them in one. Well, they're going to buy the one with all of them in there. Yeah. yeah. So Stanley's like, I'll make a team of superheroes. It was the Fantastic Four. And of course, he had to put a monster in it. <laughs> <laughs> and awesome. like the Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, I'll, I did this tree guy named Groot. I'll put him back in here oh, with the, this. Okay. Yeah. I, I yeah. didn't realize that's where it came from. Gal uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, awesome. um, he he revolutionized the way he did comic books like a film. Never nobody ever got all the credit, and he did that just to occupy space, you know, write, written by, drew by, edited by, you know, all that stuff. Um, yeah. you know, uh, we were talking the documentaries. Uh, you know, um, there is a documentary that has Oscar nominations from Minnesota by Cy Dobson. Uh, I'm not sure. A movie of. A documentary about Minnesota oh, movies that have been nominated. No, no, no. He oh. is nominated. Oh, he is nominated. Yeah, but, yeah it, oh. it's called uh, Beneath the Ink. And what he did is he did a documentary about people that um, had uh, uh, tattoos that maybe they're racist or something that, you know, uh, was a time in their life that they did something stupid and they put it on their body. And uh, these tattoo artists that go and they, um, they cover it up. Right. Okay. And, yeah. And so, Find some way to. Yeah. yeah so that's a you know they it played. Uh, um, I, I saw that at the Walker um, okay. beneath the ink. Um, okay. And uh, Cy Dobson, he's a, a wonderful. Is it a full feature documentary? It's a, a short. Short documentary. Yeah, yeah, so, so he's yeah. up for documentary short. Yeah. Okay. And that's uh, Cy Dobson. So uh, beneath the ink. So yeah, when you're talking, yeah. So sometimes I'm like, okay, which film did it really stick out in my mind and. That's one of them. Well, you know, Johnny Depp did that. He had a memory. Well, he has a heart on his arm, and it said Winona forever because he was going out with Winona Ryder. And yeah. then when they broke up, he fixed it. it said now it says Wino forever. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I think it fits him now more yeah. than. It. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think everybody gets. I mean, do you have a tattoo? I, I don't. Um, I guess. Would I, you ever get one? I, you know, I, I think about it like um, I have some scars and I have wrinkles and a lot of times I feel like <laughs> later, I, I have scars from my uh, shoulders for, um, uh, to my elbows from uh, the martial arts and I've had skin grafts. And Would you like tattoo over it just to I, 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 You know, I, I thought about it and I actually had some temporary ones put on just to see how it worked and just the pain it would take, uh, I think, the of that scar tissue. Yeah. So I think about that, but then I, at the same time I'm like, I uh, those are my tattoos. They're they're my life stories. Right. And, and so to cover up what happened to me, you know, when I was younger, I didn't th think about that. But now I'm going. You know, this is this is my tattoo. This is my life story. And there was a, a story about one of the 
um, Queens of England, and the, um, she had a painting done. And um, when they came back, that all her wrinkles and everything were gone. And and um, she talked about that. No, I want you to paint a exactly. picture of me yeah. because I've lived a full life. I've earned every one of these wrinkles. And now I'm thinking, okay, this is the type of thing in acting that you know some actors their character really comes out. There's there's certain parts that you can play when you're young yeah but there's yeah. other parts that you need that character you need that life experience that comes out and and your scars and your wrinkles and so all right uh we're almost winding down here so i want to ask and i usually ask all my guests um because and i usually i i did this and it's kind of hard to do because i always said what's your favorite movie that takes people it's hard to isolate one but if you have a, a movie that you think nobody's really seen that they really should no look up or a movie that's well, on your mind? you know, I, I guess my favorite is one of the first ones that I worked on, and it's the short film Sad Clown. And I, I talked about that. From Grey Duck Productions. From Grey Duck. Uh, it was um, uh, an excellent movie. Um, the Visually, when something stimulates my eye, yeah. you know, uh, that is, you know, um, that that's something that you want in a film. And to see that level of production in a short film in Minnesota, I, I was just blown away by the whole production. And um, so I'll just say that because that was one of, you know, it's one of the first films I worked on here. Uh, I mean, I could go into Hollywood films, but, you know, yeah, yeah they get nods all the time. Uh, the stuff that's here, I, you know, that's the stuff that's closest to my heart. Well, Russ, I have to, Russell, I have to say, uh, it's been a one time. You had fun? Yeah, I, had awesome awesome time. Time. yeah. I can talk. <laughs> All right. Oh, that's a whole, that's a good thing. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, we definitely have to come back for the, when, when the Valentine's stuff. Uh, would you oh like yeah. To, yeah. yeah, yeah we, you know, if we can promote before Valentine's and yeah. I need a sponsor, uh, I like a pizza yeah. place because if it's, you know, um, again, MCN six is covers the seven County Metro area. Yeah. So if we could do a special with someone that could deliver a pizza, you know, that'd be awesome. Uh, I love pizza. Yeah. yeah. Now I think I'm having pizza for dinner. That's All right, it. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Russell, uh, it's a new year and, um, we do that. We did this on my previous podcast and I'm going to bring it back on mine. But when we have a guest, um, the show is, isn't over till the guest says it's, it's over. Okay. Um, well, I think it's just begun, but it's over for now. <laughs> it's not over till you say.